Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another midweek Bible study as we go through the book of James. Today, we're going to look at the first three verses of James chapter 4. But as we get ready to look at those uh, three verses there, I want to just say that last week we looked at the last few verses of James 3. And in those verses, it is very apparent that there was conflict and disunity in the churches that James was writing to. James 3.16 was a sad commentary on the condition of the churches there. He said, For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is disorder and every evil practice. As we continue into chapter 4, we will hear James use words like wars and fights. These things should not be known among brothers and sisters in Christ. So let's take a look at what the Word of God says in these first three verses of James 4 and take them to heart not only to um, prevent uh, conflict happening in the church, but maybe even to correct something that has happened. So let's take a look. Verse 1 of James 4 says, What is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from your passions that wage war within you? You desire and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and don't receive because you ask with wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the day that you've given us. We ask that you would help us as we look in your word to take it to heart. We ask that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. And Father, that we would be better followers of Christ from having taken this time to look in your word today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we look in this passage, uh, we want to first of all look at the evidence of conflicts that James was addressing here. So as we have, as we review what has been said in previous chapters, we can see that disunity and conflict was prevalent in the churches that James was writing to. In, in James 2.1, he showed that favoritism caused conflict. He said, My brothers and sisters, do not show favoritism as you hold on to the faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, you, you had that whole example that he had there about asking someone to uh, sit in a prime seat because they were wealthy and asking somebody that was poor to uh, sit in a, uh, a corner or in another seat. Also in James 1, verses 19 and 20, we see that anger caused conflict. He said that in verse 19, my brothers and sisters, understand this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. And now, in, well, last week in James 3, verses 14 through 16, he showed that envy and selfish ambition cause conflicts as well. He says, but if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is disorder and every evil practice. Again, verse 16 from James 3, he says, For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is disorder and every evil practice. So we can see here from these three passages that we pulled out of James, uh, James 1, 19 and 20, James 2, 1, and James 3, 14 through 16, we, we can see that he's addressing things that people deal with that can cause conflict and can cause disunity in a church. 
And so, of course, he's speaking of anger, he's speaking of favoritism, and he's speaking of envy and selfish ambition, that that pride that wells up inside of us. And, And so as we look in our passage today, we see the source of conflicts, and we can see that in verse 1 of James 4. Let's take a look at it again. It says, What is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from your passions that wage war within you? So I want to take just a few moments to think about this source of conflicts. And he says in a rhetorical question here, don't they come from your passions that wage war within you? So as we think about the passions that wage war within us, we must understand that the term for passions can also be translated as pleasures. Now, these pleasures or passions are not inherently sinful, but become sinful when we seek them beyond the boundaries set by the Lord. In fact, um, pleasure can be found in whatever pleases us. It doesn't have to be physical pleasure. It can be uh, something as benign as where you like to go on vacation. Uh, You know, some folks take pleasure in vacationing in the mountains where others like to go to the beach. And, um, you know, some folks like to spend time near water or in the water, and then the crisp mountain air may be found pleasurable to others. Uh, Some may like uh, even camping, and uh, others may like glamping, if you will. Uh, Some may uh, just um, take pleasure in knowing that they did a job well done, and others may take pleasure in getting recognition for that job well done. What happens is that when we leave these things unchecked, and even um, in those desires that God has put into our bodies for uh, whether it would be so that we eat when we're hungry and need nourishment, or we drink when we're thirsty and need more water and fluids, or it might even go to the point to where uh, you know in the in God putting inside of us the need to uh, procreate. We can take those things, those those things in which we find pleasure, and take them beyond the boundaries that God has set for us, and it becomes sinful. And we we have that waging war within us, those passions wanting to go beyond the boundaries that God has given us, and we tend to then focus on pleasing self rather than pleasing the Lord. Um you know, we, we might uh, find pleasure in watching uh, a TV series. And, you know, we have this thing that has evolved with Netflix and streaming where we'll binge watch a show and we'll, we'll take an inordinate amount of time and just focus. Well, not focus. We'll just zone out watching something on TV. And that can lead to conflict especially if we've got something that we've told somebody we're going to do and we're watching TV rather than accomplishing what we're supposed to. It can also lead to conflict in between us and the Lord in that we're not growing in Him because we're spending time pleasing self rather than taking the time to develop the relationship with Him through Bible study and prayer. And so as these passions are left unchecked or these pleasures, they can lead us again to focusing on pleasing self 
rather than pleasing the Lord. You know, the first part of James 4, 2, that first couple of sentences there says, you desire and do not have, you murder and covet, you fight and wage war. You know, when our our desires are left unchecked and left unfulfilled, it can lead to frustration. It could be frustration over not getting what we want. It can even be frustration over not getting what we want in the way that we want it. And so, uh, you know, uh, sometimes in churches uh, over the past few years, we've uh, churches have dealt with what's called worship wars, where uh, maybe one generation is wanting the music and um, to, and to wanting to have music in a certain style. So the younger generation may want more of a praise and worship, uh, more modern approach to the the worship music, whereas the older generation may want a more traditional approach with hymns. And so, you know, as we as we think about that, and you know, people wanting what they want, and even approaching worship in a consumerism mindset rather than in a worship mindset, uh, we can get into the situation where we're letting ourselves uh, take precedence over the Lord. And, and so this happens in church life. Uh, we, we as uh, people, we, we may look at uh, being uh, consumers rather than worshipers. And so this, this, can, uh, this can cause a, a great deal of um, issues as uh, as we approach that as consumers, we're, we're wanting to receive. When in reality, as worshipers, we come to church to give. We give to first and foremost to the Lord. And not only do we give to the Lord, but we ought to give to our fellow believers in Jesus Christ. Uh, we're not only to exalt the Savior as we come together, but we're to edify one another and build one another up, encourage one another. But when we are focusing on self, it causes conflict. It causes the wars and fights among us. Uh, you, you get two selfish people, and, and, and they can't agree with each other on what each other needs. Uh, you, you will have conflict. You will have uh, war. You will have fighting. And so as we go through James 4 and look in these first three verses, we also understand that as we get in conflict with, uh, with ourselves, with that desire and passions uh, and, and not leaving them unchecked and underneath the authority of Scripture and having them within the boundaries that the Lord has given us and also having, dealing with those conflicts between one another, uh, we find that conflict kills prayer. Uh, and, and, and it kills prayer in that the effectiveness of prayer is affected by our wars and fights in the body of Christ. Again, going to verses 2 and 3 of James 4, it says, You desire and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. So in verse 2, we see that conflict can keep us from praying. And in verse 3, we can see that our motives can affect the outcome of our prayers as well. 
And so, uh, you know, when we get in conflict, there there may be times when we simply don't pray. I can remember uh, a year or two ago where I got into uh, just in a, um, I, I guess, I, I got spiritually lethargic, I guess. I, I got to the point where uh, I, I, was, I was praying vocationally and not necessarily praying personally. And so uh, I, I guess uh, the one way to put it is that I, I, w- I was praying because it was my job and not praying because I was a follower of Christ. And so uh, as, I, as I approached that situation, I ended up realizing that it was that I was out of I was out of conformity. Uh, I was out of sync with what the Lord would have me to be personally in my walk with Him, and I had to come to a time of repentance uh, to get back in step with Him. And the thing about it is, is that I didn't want to pray um, personally. I didn't want to have my personal quiet time. And I wanted to avoid it, um, but it, it got when I got to the point to where I allowed the Lord to work in me, I, I started to desire that time with Him on a personal basis and not on a professional basis. And so um, we we need, we want to make sure that we watch out for those conflicts that will wage war within us uh, and would keep us from praying. And then also we want to make sure that when we pray, our motives are as the Lord would have us uh, to pray. Um, You know, if we're praying for our own selfish purposes and rather than for what God would have done, we we can't expect our prayer to be prayed. Uh, We... we, um, I hope that we're not like John Ward, who was a former member of the British Parliament. Uh, After his death, a prayer was found among his papers. And so he wrote this prayer down. He said, O Lord, thou knowest that I have mine estates in the city of London, and likewise that I have lately purchased an estate in the county of Essex. I beseech thee to preserve the two counties of Middlesex and Essex from fire and earthquake, and as I have mortgaged in Hertfordshire, Hertfordshire, I beg of thee likewise to have an eye of compassion on that county. As for the rest of the counties, thou mayest deal with them as thou art pleased. So, John, um, excuse me, John Ward, he had this very selfish prayer in that the Lord would only protect the counties in which he had property, and he didn't care about the other places. Uh, so, you know, as we think about that, a lot of times our prayers are selfishly motivated, and we are self-centered when we pray rather than God-centered. And so oftentimes our selfish prayers go unanswered. However, when we pray with a motive for God to be glorified in accordance to God's will, our prayers are answered. And so our motive for praying should be for God's glory. It should be for God to move so that he would get the most glory. And we should pray in accordance to God's will. Our motives in what we pray for and how we act should be for God's glory and his glory alone. But too often times we deal with the fact that we are self-centered, we are prideful, and we want what we want. But I want to encourage us 
to endeavor to do what is most difficult. Shed from ourselves every form of selfish ambition, ambition and have as our singular motive to be pleasing to the Lord in all things, especially in our prayers. So when we come to the Lord in prayer, let us pray with a motive to see Him glorified, to see the name of Christ lifted up among the nations. And that may mean praying some hard prayers. But in the end, our prayer and our motive should be that Jesus Christ would be glorified in Him alone. Thank you so much for joining me again today. I hope this has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. Let us pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word. And it is today with hearts that may be mixed with humility and pride. We ask that you would help us to be repentant of our pride, that you would help us to lay aside ourselves, that we would crucify ourselves as Jesus told us to do, and that we would live for him and him alone. And so, Lord, we pray that you would move in each of our lives and in your church so that Jesus Christ and he alone would be glorified. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.